Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. It is good to have you with us. It is Monday, the fourth day of December 2023. We are in the first week of Advent. Yesterday was the first Sunday in Advent as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas together. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to Scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. Oh, gosh, good to have you with us. It is, you know, we're, we're swinging into the Advent season. I don't have my little Christmas tree up in the background yet because i got to figure out where to put it <laughs> since I've uh, put in the new shelves and uh, it used to... excuse me, I used to have a a short bookcase back there, and it would sit on top of that. Well, that bookcase is gone, so now we're looking at uh, this tall metal rack, and uh, it's too close to the ceiling to put it up on top. I don't know, I may may just set up a TV tray or something in front of of, uh, Fiona's cage, but then it's going to make it difficult to feed the mouse, (laughs) so... I uh, maybe I can put it on a TV tray over behind my recliner in front of the window there or something. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you know all, all these little technical details that have to be worked out. Um, but I do have my little tree, and we'll get it up. Uh, I should have had it up by today, but I'll be honest. Yesterday was was rough. Because of the lack of sleep Saturday night, um, which I will talk about in a little bit more in depth in a minute. So what do we have coming up? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have scripture reading. More about that in a minute. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it's Monday. We've got Monday meanderings. So we've got all of this stuff going on. Um Looking forward to that. I uh, uh, we're going to have Christmassy stuff going on all month, um, and uh, excited about that. Um, I, I I have a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about today, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It was one o'clock in the morning when I got to bed Sunday morning, and then getting up at six to get ready for church, and so yesterday, when I normally do my Monday meandering notes for today, 
I got home from church and I just sat and watched football and I didn't do anything. Um, we had leftovers for dinner. It was just a matter of, uh, we had church and then we had choir practice. And after choir practice, it was, uh, grab a lunch at, you know, grab a burger at Freddy's and come home. <laughs> and then I didn't move. I put on sweats and slippers and I was in my chair watching football the rest of the day. So some of the stuff that I was going to talk about today, we're not going to talk about because I didn't pull the notes together. I've just got these, I've got scattered ideas and I didn't pull them together. So I'm going to be saving that for next week. So today's Monday meandering, I will be honest with you, is going to be a little bit meager. But we have other stuff coming up. So let's go ahead and start, as is our practice, with the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. After I move, I didn't clip my my earpiece to my collar today. See, I'm 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 discombobulated. Clip clip the the cord for the earpiece to the collar that keeps it out of my way. I was like, why is that hanging down? Because you didn't finish putting your earpiece on. This is so I can hear the music and stuff like that. I don't have anybody in the other room talking to me in my in my earpiece as uh, professionals do. I am not a professional by any means. <laughs> About the most unprofessional podcast you are listening to. All right, let's begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I wanted to get back to doing daily Bible reading on the podcast. Um, uh, last year, we read through, you know, last year, 2022, we read through the Legacy Standard Bible. The year before that, we read through the New Testament in the Legacy Standard Bible. And so I wanted to get back to Bible reading regularly. We haven't done that this year. Um, but I don't want to try to do the whole Bible in a year because that's an awful lot of Scripture reading every episode. And uh, while I did get a lot of notes from a lot of people saying, thank you for keeping me on track for my Bible reading this year, I also got a lot of notes saying, Man, it's, 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 you know, it gets boring. All you're doing is reading the Bible. Now, if you think just reading the Bible is boring, that's an issue you have. But uh, 
um, I do understand that it can be uh, hard to hold your attention sometimes when it's every day, you know, four or five chapters of the Bible. So, but I did want to get back to regular Bible reading. Now, then the question is, when to start? And I thought about starting in January. And then I thought, you know, the church calendar starts at Advent. And we are just starting into Advent. It's only, you know, December instead of January, but that's the the ecclesiastical New Year. Um, and uh, so the the traditional church calendar always starts with the Advent season. And I thought, okay, this is the first Monday in Advent. This is the first week in Advent. And so we are going to start our scripture reading program today. Now, what are we going to do? We are going to read one chapter a day and one psalm a day. And we are just going to start. I've got a checklist. I printed out. <laughs> just has the, uh, the, this is a PDF. Um, this was actually downloaded this from Parker Memorial Baptist Church, Cavanaugh Road, Lansing, Michigan. No idea who they are. Um, I just searched for Bible checklist PDF, and this was the clearest one I could find. I'm not going to li link it in the show notes. Um, you can you can get one yourself. You know, just Google it. Um, but we are going to start Genesis one, chapter one, verse one today, and we are going to read a chapter a day and a psalm every day, uh, starting today, because this is the first week in Advent. So, without further ado. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind, with seed in them, and it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, 
and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heaven to give light to the earth. And it was so. So God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and also the stars. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth and to rule the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the expanse of the heavens. And God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, so that they will have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given to you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has the fruit of the tree yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that creeps on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. That is Genesis 1, and now the first psalm. Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of Yahweh, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not rise in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
All right. Well, that is our scripture reading for today as we inaugurate a new round, a new bout of daily Bible reading here on Squirrel Chatter. I will mark off Genesis 1, and I will mark off Psalm 1. Now, I imagine we're going to get through the Psalms twice every year as we, uh, or basically it's 150 Psalms, 300, how many weekdays are there in a year? I know it's 52 weeks, so 52 times 5, so just north of 250 <clears throat> weekdays. So we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, we'll just read every Monday through Friday, a chapter a day and a psalm a day. And uh, we will work our way through the scriptures as we now are doing daily Bible reading again here on Squirrel Chatter. All right. Now, our devotional from Daily Readings in the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. I, I had actually considered switching over to an Advent devotional for this season, um, but uh, couldn't find one that, that would suit our purposes here. There's some good ones out there, um, but none that would suit our purposes here on the podcast. So we're, we're just going to continue on with the daily readings of the life of Christ um, instead of doing one that's specifically an Advent devotional. I'll uh, keep looking. And I may find one that we will use next year, but we'll we'll see. All right. Today's devotional is God's will, two misunderstandings. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew six ten. Six ten B. Dr. MacArthur writes, two polar opposite views of God's will can cause Christians to have faulty understandings of prayer and the accomplishing of God's purposes. On the one hand, some see his will as absolutely deterministic. Whatever will be, will be. They either pray little at all, figuring the divine will is inevitable, or they are resignedly obedient, praying for God's will simply because he tells them to. Neither approach to prayer demonstrates faith. Viewing God's sovereignty in a fatalistic, powerless way robs us of the joy of aligning our wills with his and seeing his will done as we pray in faith. And praying with passive resignation leads to a weak, unexpectant prayer life. It is one that doesn't heed Jesus' instructions in the parable of the persistent widow he was telling them a parable to show them at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, Luke 18.1. Other believers overemphasize the role of human will and see prayer as mainly a way to twist God's will to their own desires. They think of God's will as what he dispenses from his cosmic vending machine to get whatever they want by inserting a claim on one of his promises. But our God rejects such a false man-centered concept throughout the prayer throughout the model prayer. Genuine prayer focuses on God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. The emphasis remains on the Father. God is sovereign. But Jesus tells us to pray, 
that his will be done. Cross-reference to James 5.16. Ask yourself, which of these two misunderstandings has been hardest for you to counteract? Which one do you find yourself gravitating toward in your usual dealings with God? How has this led you to defeat and discouragement in your walk with Christ? What would you gain from embracing a more biblical mindset? All right. Well, as I said, it is Monday Meandering, and I have scattered notes of things I wanted to talk about. Um, I was going to talk about St. Nicholas punching Arius. I was going to, you know, just the history of St. Nicholas, who the historical figure was, um, you know, uh, the 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 first century or third century second century bishop fourth century bishop three hundreds fourth century bishop um we'll get to that we've got the whole month I, I was going to talk about you know the dating of Christmas um actually I've mentioned it you know several times that we are right about the right time of year um but I was going to show how we arrive at that. Um, as there are many who dispute that, and they are wrong, quite frankly. This is the right time of year to celebrate Christmas. Um, so as we, we celebrate the birth of Christ, we are in the right time of year for it. Um, so I've got all sorts of stuff that that I want to talk about during this Advent season, some of which I was going to get to today, and we're not going to get to it today. Because like I said, yesterday I was in a fog. I'm still really beat. Um, the older I get, the harder it is to catch up from a late night. I'm very thankful. Um, you know, so why was it a late night? Everybody's going, why was he up till 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night? Mrs. Squirrel and I are Montana Grizz football season ticket holders. We have had season tickets at Montana Grizzly games for close to two decades. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's one of our splurges. Um, and it is, you know, my parents had season tickets at Washington Grizzly Stadium since it opened. Um, and so they were, you know, up until mom's death in 2019, I think my sister had the tickets for the 2020 season, but she let them go. Um, so we have, um, but my uh, my wife's twin sister works at the university, and we've got six tickets um, up in the north end zone, and there are four regulars, and then we have two other seats that we... Um, usually have occupied, um, by, by friends. And, uh, but there, there are four of us that are always there. And then two of us that, you know, there's, there, there are other semi-regulars <laughs> that take those other two seats. Um, and every once in a while we got nobody for those other two seats and we start calling friends and, and I've taken many friends to football games when we've had an open seat. But, uh, that is our one of our uh, 
um, minor joys in life as we enjoy Montana Grizzly football. Um, Janet and I met at U of M when we were both students there, uh, all sorts of things. Um, I was an old, older, non-traditional student, so she was actually, she's a year younger than I am. <laughs> she was working on her master's degree when I was a freshman in college, but uh, we got to know each other, met at, met at a science fiction convention. Um, got to know each other in a weekly Dungeons and Dragons group. Yeah. So there, there's, you know, get involved in stuff. If you want to meet people, get involved in stuff. That's how you meet people. You know, hobbies that you do with other people. Doing things. That's how you meet people. That's how, how Mrs. Squirrel and I met. So, so Saturday night was the second round of the FCS playoffs. Now, Montana was seeded number two, so we had a first round bye. And so we were playing Delaware, the Delaware Blue Hens, on um, Saturday night. Delaware beat, I'm trying to think who they beat to get there. But they had a game last week, uh, and they, they won and won the right to come to Missoula to play the uh, Montana Grizzlies. Um, we had played them one time before. That also was a playoff game. And it was, I don't have the score in front of me, but it was a one-point game. It was like 39 to 38, something like that. They beat us. So this was, uh, but that was like back in the night, like 93, 92, 93, long time ago. It was before we won our first national championship. Well, we got there right before the teams came out. It started snowing. And it was a heavy, wet snow because it was about, it was above freezing. It was about 34, 35 degrees. So, but it, it wasn't rain, it was snow, because it was colder up above us, you know. So it was coming down as snow, and it was, when it's snowing, when it's warm like that, not that 34 is warm, I mean, it's much colder than inside your refrigerator, and we were bundled up. But when, when it's a warm, warmer weather snow, you know, just right around freezing, flakes are huge. So we had huge snowflakes coming down. They were coming down hard. I posted some videos on Twitter that I took in the stands of the snow coming down. So if you follow me on Twitter, go back and look at Saturday night, and you'll see some of those videos and pictures I posted. Um, heavy, wet snow was coming down. Well, the Grizzlies beat the Blue Hens 49-19. to it was a, a dominant Grizz showing from from kickoff to, to final whistle. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So the Montana Grizzlies are advancing to the FCS quarterfinals. And we will be playing Furman here in Missoula this coming Friday night. Um, again, a 7 o'clock. 7 p.m. kickoff. Game's going to be on ESPN2. Um, that's 7 p.m. Mountain Time. 
8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, but it's going to be you know, a another rematch of a team that we played in the national championship game in 2001. So this is a rematch of the 2001 national championship game. Montana won that 13 to 6 and that was our second national title. So the Montana Grizzlies have won the national title in 1995 and in 2001. And hopefully 2023. We're making a run for it. I'm not going to count the chickens before they're hatched, but we sure beat the blue, blue hens on Saturday. But like I said, with a seven o'clock kickoff, we here in the Piney Woods, we are an hour away from Missoula. More than that, in heavy wet snow. Um, so, the game got over. It was after eleven. We had to drive. Very. We dropped a dropped my sister in law off at her house, and then we made a very slow drive back out here to the Piney Woods. Um, it was a wet, slushy, slick mess. Um, all sorts of accidents during the night. Um, we had to, we left 20 minutes before we normally leave to drive to church yesterday morning because the roads we drove home on on Saturday night were the same roads we got to drive in on Sunday morning to go to church. Um, and saw a lot of the evidence of accidents on the side of the road. Most of them had been cleared, but uh, you could see where people had gone into the ditch and taken out fences and all of that good stuff. Because everybody has to learn how to drive on snow again every year. Um, so only got about five or six hours sleep Saturday night. As it was, it was well after midnight when we got home and by the time we unloaded the car and, and everything, it was one o'clock when we got to bed. So a short night of sleep on Saturday night, got up, went to church yesterday, did not take a nap yesterday afternoon. I wanted to stay awake. So I'd sleep good last night. So I just sat and watched football uh, NFL football yesterday. And, uh, you know, last night's game, um, obviously the, the Packers beat the, the Chiefs. And there's a lot of discussion of the officiating because there were some bad calls. And there were bad calls that went against both teams. Um, just on the last drive where the the Chiefs failed to score. They were down by eight. They had a minute left in the game trying to get down and score um, to at least tie it up. You know, if you, they scored and got a two-point two conversion, they could have taken it into overtime. And there was one play where the, the clock is supposed to stop, or not the clock, the play is supposed to stop when forward progress is stopped. And there was a, there were a couple of, couple of calls that they, uh, um, 
One was uh, Patrick Mahomes was was running the ball, scrambling, trying to make a first down. And he got hit by a um, Packer defender and right on the sideline. He was he was running out of bounds. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but he's trying to get first down. This is a critical play in the game. The Packers are trying to keep them from getting a first down. This is, you know, defense on the Packers' part. And so the defender hit him right before he went out of bounds. Um, and they called that as unnecessary roughness. They said he was out of bounds. Clearly he wasn't looking at the, the video. Clearly he wasn't. It wasn't a wasn't a brutal hit or anything like that, but they called it a late hit out of bounds, and that was 15 yards and a first down given to the Chiefs. Now, he would have gotten the first down. You know, he, he made it to the first down marker, but they gave him an extra 15 yards. Um, another play was the, the Chiefs, and this is all in the same drive. The Chiefs were out of timeouts, so the Packers are trying to keep players from getting out of bounds because they want the clock to keep running because the clock is on the Packers side and the chief receiver had the ball and he was grabbed by the defender and pulled backwards. So forward progress had stopped. He was pulled backwards and then he went out of bounds and the referee stopped the clock saying he made it out of bounds, which that's not the rule. Forward progress had been stopped. The clock should have kept running. That was with about 19 seconds. And then there was a, again, the same drive. Mahomes threw to a receiver who was, it was was so obviously interfered with by the the Packer defender um, that it just, I mean, how do they not throw a flag? So that should have been a pass interference against Green Bay that would have given, um, I think it would have been it would have been first and goal for the uh, the Chiefs, um, but they didn't throw a flag there. Other cases earlier in the game, there was a pass interference call against the Packers that wasn't pass interference. So it's just it, it there were there were just and there was a there was a pretty questionable holding call at one point too and I can't even remember if it was against the Chiefs or the Packers it was like that wasn't really holding <laughs> you know? um so the the officiating was a head scratcher during last night's game and I know there are Chiefs fans out there who are going hey without without those officials we'd have won that game. Well, they got some bad calls on their favor, too. Um, so it's hard to say how that would have worked. Um, the game was not quite as chippy as the game in uh, Philadelphia uh, between the 49ers and the Eagles. That one, I thought, that that one got was going to get a little bit violent. Uh, but I had fun watching football yesterday. But yeah, the, I, I tweeted several weeks ago, and I, I shared it again last night. Said NFL official crews should have to give post game press conferences where they have to explain their calls. You know, 
show them the video and say, you didn't make this call or you made this call. And that's not a, you know, I'd love to see that done publicly as a press conference. I watch the, um, the only press conference, you know, all the teams do post-game press conferences where the coach and a couple of players will answer questions and stuff. Um, I, I do watch on a college level. I watch Coach Bobby Houck's post-game press conferences all the time. Um, usually after we get home, we'll go to the game and then we'll drive home. And then I'll watch the press conference after I get home, even though it happened while I was driving. And, uh, or like Saturdays, I actually watched it, uh, yesterday afternoon when I got home from church. Um, but, uh, you know, what, wouldn't it be nice if the, if the officials had to explain themselves, you know, on third and four, uh, third and one on this team, you called them for pass interference and it, it wasn't, it was just good defense or you didn't call them for pass interference when he was riding him like a donkey, you know, it's just don't, you can't go there. Um, as, uh, I, I, I yelled at, uh, uh, an NCAA official one time as, uh, a, a pass interference was not called against the Grizzly, uh, you know, against the team, the Grizzlies were playing. I yelled, you know, you'd throw a flag if he was grabbing your wife like that. Um, you know, pass interference is pass interference. And I, I, and I have often said, I cannot be a referee. I cannot maintain a semblance of, um, of, uh, impartiality. I will turn on a game where I don't know either team, I don't have a, a a dog in a in the fight, as the phrase goes. I don't have a, a, a you know team that I want to win, et cetera. And within just a few minutes, I'm pulling for one team or the other. I I just I cannot be impartial. Um, and so I do understand. You know, and give a hat tip to the the referees and the officials. It is a tough job, and there are twenty two players on the field. There are five referees, five or six, um, at different places around the field, and they can't see everything. I understand that, and I mean, it's just physically impossible for them to see everything. And some of the stuff is they can't see, you know, they can't see through people. So they don't have, you know, there's 10 TV cameras at a pro game, you know, maybe more. There's cameras everywhere. There's cameras on the sidelines. There's cameras on the, 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 uh, you know, up in the, in the, in the stadium, all pointed down at the field. Um, there used to be blimps, um, but now they use drones. I guess uh, the drone technology has put a lot of blimp pilots out of work. We should start a GoFundMe to help the blimp pilots that have been made unemployed by drone technology. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I'm kidding. Um, so, I mean, there, there are cameras everywhere. 
I found out last night. I did not realize this. There's a camera in the pylon that they put on the field to mark the first down so that they have a camera view shooting right down that line to see if somebody made a first down or not. Um, didn't realize that even existed. But they showed a picture from it last night. Um, so, you know, you've got this, there's cameras everywhere. Those cameras see a lot more than the officials do, which is why there is, you know, plays overturned by, um, plays are overturned by uh, um, instant replay. There was one that was a, a, on the field, it was ruled a fumble recovered by, you know, the Kansas City fumbled the ball. It was covered by Green Bay. Green Bay ran it back for a touchdown. Um, and that was the ruling on the field. But the video clearly showed the player was down before the ball came out. So they called it down by contact, and they had to go back. It was still Kansas City ball. And, you know, so the but without instant replay, that would have been a Green Bay touchdown. And I'll be honest, I thought it was a Green Bay touchdown until I saw the replay where they do it in super slow-mo and you realize, okay, he is down before the ball comes out. But the things happen in real time. You know, you can't slow down your vision. The referees can't, you know, apart from all the video technology, they can't go back and review what their eyeballs saw. And so when it's, you know, your things happening fast, they can't see everything. Um, I, I really do try to give a benefit of the doubt to the official crew. Um, I'm sure they're trying to do the best they can. Um, but that being said, there were some bad calls last night going both ways. Um, but in the record books, Packers got the W, and the Chiefs got the L. So, yeah, I guess we're having an all-football Monday meandering. Um, and we got a good football game. Hey, my my Atlanta Falcons are, are leading the NFC South. Didn't see that coming, but they beat the Jets yesterday. Um, that, that made me happy when I got home and saw that score. I haven't even watched the highlights of that yet. Like I said, I was I was pretty much a zombie yesterday, and I'm still tired. So I'm I'm very glad I got to preach next Sunday. I'm preaching the uh, the second Sunday in Advent message at Frenchtown, and um, so I've got to preach on Sunday. I'm really glad the game's Friday night, not Saturday night. It would be tough. We are going to skip the uh, uh, Camp Upmost Christmas party, which is Saturday, because with the game on Friday and then preaching on Sunday, the, you know, driving an hour and 45 minutes home after a Christmas party at camp would also be a late night. Um, and uh, if, if, if we weren't going Friday night, if we didn't have the game Friday night, I'd probably do it, but That'll be my day to rest up and get ready to preach on Sunday. So the second Sunday on Advent, the, the 
topic of my message is peace, and uh, that will be, because that's the, the second Sunday in Advent is the peace candle in the Advent wreath. We lit the hope candle yesterday. We, re, we light up the peace candle next week, and then the third Sunday, I'm preaching in Ovando, and we're going to be back in the book of Ephesians, so um, preaching twice this month. Looking forward to that. So I'll be in Frenchtown this Sunday, then Advent, uh, then uh, Ovando the Sunday after that. As uh, as the uh, that's my December preaching calendar. All right. Well, let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the collect for the first Sunday in Advent, which was yesterday. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Colic for the Renewal of Life O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Monday. Um, I got a busy day ahead. I'm sure you do, too. Remember, in all that you do, do everything for the glory of the Lord. Don't do the things you ought not do. Do the things you ought to do. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless.
Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. 